You'll never get busy signal on God's prayer line. I'll say it again. You'll never get a busy signal on God's prayer line. Have you said this one before? The attitude you have about yourself can make or break you. How many know that? So that kind of tells you what I'm going to be, or the Lord's going to be teaching today. Father, I just thank you for the privilege that we have this morning to come boldly before your throne of grace and to have this word, the uncompromised word given to us, that you've implanted your word in each one of us. And every time we come together, we're here to come together and eat spiritually together. We're here to, to come and worship and praise you. To have that fellowship with you that you created us to have. And I thank you, Father, for that privilege. I thank you, Jesus, that the Bible says that you're here worshiping in, and the Father with us. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here to teach us, to comfort us, to counsel us, to lead us, to guide us in all, into all truth. We need you, Holy Spirit, because you are guide. You're our teacher. And so we, we call upon you Lord, I ask you to send the wind, the rain, the fire, and to breathe on us and open up the vats of the new wine this morning. I bind every demonic spirit and principality and power that would try to even steal the word this morning. God, we put our, our complete mind, our spirit, soul, and body, and you bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. I bless your holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. I bless your holy name. And I forget not your benefits. And I thank you, God, that you're mighty here this morning to do a mighty work. And to set us free in areas that we might not even know that we're dealing with. That's what the word comes to do. To teach us, to guide us, to reveal Jesus to us, to re reveal the Father to us. So we are very, very grateful this morning. Amen. Okay, the attitude you have about yourself can make or break you. So let's turn to Philippians 2. Pastor renamed this when he typed it for me. The title that I have for this sermon is Control Our Thoughts about ourselves and he, he he named it finding focus so those of you that take notes you can whichever one sticks out to you is fine with me Philippians 2 4 
so grateful to God. So very grateful to you, God. Philippians 2, 4. Look more, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also, which also was also in Christ Jesus. He's telling us to let this mind be in us. which was also in Christ Jesus. He wouldn't tell us that unless it was available and given to us. So you're going to have to excuse me a minute. I need a cough. So I did turn it off. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the Amplified, in verse 4, let each one of you esteem and look upon and be concerned for not merely his own interests, but also each for the interests of others. Let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, let him be your example in great these kinds. Example. <laughs> Whenever you open it, I don't care if you use your teeth. Oh great, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Hallelujah. Um let us same let the same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you which is in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in Humility. Let him be your example in humility. And I was talking to someone earlier this week and we were talking about it took a long time for Paul to say, follow me as I follow Christ. He went through a lot of garbage continually because of, you know, the things that he'd done to the Christians, the things that took place. If you don't think that the enemy bombarded him like this constantly about this Stephen, you know, same enemy that we have. So it says in the Message Bible, think of yourselves the way that Jesus Christ thought about himself. Think of yourselves the way that Jesus Christ thought about himself. Can you imagine Jesus thinking negative thoughts about himself? Start rejecting any thoughts that are contrary to the word or thoughts that are demoralizing you. Take those thoughts captive immediately. Think thoughts that line up with the word and who you are in Christ Jesus. We have to immediately take those thoughts captive. We can't let them sit there for any period of time, for any 
amount of time. You know, in the time and the, the hour that we're in, there is so much out there to grab hold of our attention other than the Word of God. Let me tell you, if you got an evil report that you were dying of cancer, you would be in the Word constantly. You would take the time to set apart and study the Word of God. We aren't to wait until a hideous thing hits our body or our family or whatever to be in the Word. And so many people do that. They relax for a period of time and they become slack and we've all done it. And then all of a sudden when something takes place, boy, we're in there. We're praying an hour and a half a day. We're reading the Word for an hour. We're finding every scripture we can on healing or whatever it takes. If a, if, a, if a marriage partner comes to the other partner and says, I want a divorce and they had no, pro, no idea that there was anything wrong in the marriage, nowadays that would not be very hard with cell phones and iPads to figure that out. You know, so many people are so attached to their cell phone. You know, it's called a cell phone because it has bars on it. You ever thought of that? What did you do before you had that? People conversed with one another. Amen? So, think of this a little bit. Texting. What happened to talking? People nowadays in, in this generation don't know how to talk to one another, which is sad. A lot of people sit and have dinner in front of the TV every night. What happened to conversing around the table? I'm going to say some things that probably are going to every, upset every one of us. I don't have this written on my notes. Jesus is saying this, so, you know, take it, leave it, whatever. It would be wise to take it and take heed. Amen. In our house, that was the time when we came together. My dad had rounds, so we didn't eat till late. By the time we ate, it was sometimes 7, 7.30. It, you know, I, I didn't like that. We didn't like it. But we sat and discussed our day. I don't know how many people do that anymore. And yet then they wonder why their kids are in trouble. Amen. So can you imagine Jesus thinking negative thoughts about himself? Start rejecting any thoughts that are contrary to the word or demoralizing you. Take those thoughts captive. Think thoughts that line up with the word and who you are in Christ Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Bible says you're a new creation, recreated in Christ Jesus. Can any of you see Jesus sitting down with his iPad or iPhone in his spare time? I'm really, I'm really, I'm talking to us because we need to see and understand what is taking up our time. If it's not this, then we are getting our information somewhere, whether it's sitting down and watching the news. I'm, you know, we haven't done that for 
two years now, I think in November. Um, what, what's, what's drawing your attention? And so we need to realize these things and God is, he's equipping us. He's saying, I am giving you sermons to both pastor and I to prepare this body to be ready for when the rapture takes place. Be ready if something hideous takes place in this country. Be ready if we cannot get to one another and meet each other and come to church. He does not want us in fear. For Jesus said, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So right now, we need to gird up our mind. Gird it up now. Be prepared for anything. Paul said, I know how to be abased and I know how to bound, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things, all things, all things. You know, there are Christians that are literally storing up food. And you know, that, you know I, someone asked me about that, and I said, that's nice. I plan on being in the rapture. But at least, at least when people aren't raptured or they get saved during the tribulation, they'll, they'll be able to go to someone's basement or somewhere and find a lot of food to eat. Amen? And if we do come to that place where there is no food... God fed them manna. Water came out of a rock. I'm telling you, church, God is putting us in a place right now that we need to build of our, our faith up. Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. It's time. It was time a year ago, but we are getting closer and closer and closer. So... Let's move on back. I've got my notes, his notes, because he changed mine a little bit. So can you imagine Jesus thinking negative thoughts? I want you to really think about this. I, I, can't, I can't see it. I've shared on that. Ephesians 2.10. Our minds are to be renewed. We are to operate through the mind of Christ. <clears throat> we are to operate as he operated. You say, well, it was easier back then. Are you kidding me? How did they, they didn't have a washer and dryer to throw things into. They didn't have a car to drive. <laughs> was there distractions? You better believe it. Nobody liked the Jews. You talk about government problems? They had humongous, humongous government problems back then. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Were his workmanship created unto bad works? No. We are his workmanship. Recreated in Christ Jesus, or created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath foreordained that we should walk in them. So it was already foreordained that we should walk in them. From the very, before the foundations of the earth, it was foreordained. Jesus came back to take back what, what Adam had given 
away. I want you to think about this. He made it possible so we could walk as he walked here on the earth. I'm going to read this in the, in the Amplified. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we might do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. You know, right after he was baptized, God spoke and Jesus, led by the Spirit, went into the wilderness and was tested by the devil. And he overcame every test and trial that the enemy threw at him. He prepared the way for us. And like I, like I shared with the person that I was counseling, it took years for Paul to say, and like I shared earlier, follow me as I follow Christ. One thing Paul said, one thing I do, one thing I refuse to do is looking back at the past and I press toward or strain toward the mark of high calling. This goes along with what, what this scripture says. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So there is a life that has already been prearranged and made ready for us to live. That's powerful when you think about it. Many Christians don't, don't realize who they are and what they have in Christ Jesus. They don't know their covenant. Most born-again Christians do not know what their covenant is with Jesus, with God, in this world. It's, it's sad. Test, try it someday. Go and ask someone, what's your covenant with God? What is the covenant that Jesus made available for us? That Jesus lived, died, went to hell, and was resurrected, and placed his blood up in heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. What is that covenant that you have with him? Most people can't tell you. You'd be surprised. That's why it saddens me to, to, to know a friend who, who she and I preach a lot. Nada used to go to their church. She and I preach a lot. That's one person that's missing now because of the enemy. So God wants to, to put, raise up more, more, more. Start rejecting any thoughts that are contrary to the word or demoralizing you. Take those thoughts captive. Think thoughts that line up with the word and who you are in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2.10, quit putting yourself down because when you do, you're putting God down. When you put yourself down or when you put someone else down, 
even in a teasing way. You're putting what God made down, and that does not make him happy, let me tell you. Many Christians don't realize who they are and what they have in Christ. We must study in him, in whom, in Christ. This is how Paul learned who he was, even though he had a past that was worthy of hell and damnation for all eternity. He stood there when Stephen was stoned. Matter of fact, some people say he gave the orders. How would you like to have that on, on your back burner of what, what your past was? You were the Christian's killer. That's heavy. But it took him, he kept applying the word and applying the word and applying the word. Matter of fact, he wrote most of the New Testament. And it came to the place finally where he could say, follow me as I follow Christ. And that's, that's so powerful, but that's where God wants us to be. Amen. What's it going to take to get there? Work. Not works, but work. Giving up the things that are so precious to you. We must study in whom we are, in him. Jesus has invested everything he had in us. God invested his only son. Jesus invested everything he has in us. That blood that he shed and the way it was shed and what he went through was his investment in us. He paid the price. In his eyes, we were worth it. So we need to look at ourselves as who, who we are in him and what he did for us. And when, you begin, when we begin to look at this, the way God sees us and the way Jesus sees us, then we will not allow the enemy or ourselves to place thoughts that are demoralizing or that are against what, what the Word of God says about us. Always think about this when the enemy tries to pull you into his arena. You know, I told you about Fred Price's tape that set me free, the mind, the arena of faith. Your mind is the arena of faith. Don't let the enemy, enemy jump in there. You need to keep him out. I can't keep him out for you. You can't keep him out for me. I could pray, rub your head, whatever. I could anoint you with oil till it ran down this carpet and all the way out the door. But God, don't make me laugh. <laughs> God is God and he, is, he knows what he's already done in us. And Jesus invested everything he had in us. Everything. Nothing was left unturned. Ephesians 12, 7. Not going to rush through this. What? I don't think so. Maybe Ephesians 12, 7, 12. 
Hang on a minute here. We got these notes and these notes, though. Can we do Ephesians 2.10? Ephesians 12.7? I don't think that's where we're supposed to be. Uh, what? This is your writing. You're typing. So. Ephesians what? 1.7. Okay, 1.7. I was going over this this morning. I'm like, wait a minute. Some of this stuff isn't in here, and some new stuff is in there. Okay, I have this in my Ephesians 1, 7. I'm sorry. In him we have redemption, deliverance, and salvation through his blood, the remission, forgiveness of our offenses, shortcomings, and trespasses, in accordance with the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor. I love that word, the generosity the generosity. Christians should be the most generous, giving people there are. See a need, do it. Just want to bless you. 1-7 in the King James. And who we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. wherein he hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, which he has abounded towards us. That's so powerful. Colossians our redemption through his blood which means the forgiveness of our sins in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins redemption through his blood it's interesting redemption through his blood and yet we the bible says we overcome satan by the blood by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony the blood and the word Acts 17, 28. You know, so many times we take for granted what we have. And then when, when it's gone, We go, wow, I wish, I, I wish I'd done this, or I wish I'd, I'd done that. Do it now. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we also, we are also his offspring. Hallelujah. Colossians 2, 7 through 9. Did I already do that? Did I do that one? 
pardon? Okay. Speak up, young man. You distract me, you're too handsome sitting over there. In Colossians 2, 7 through 9. Rooted and built it in him and established in the faith. Look what it says. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. As ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to believe to to it's impossible to please him. These are the in whom and in him scriptures that we're doing right now. Let's go to 7 through 9. Have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in him, fixed and founded in him, more continually built up, more continually, continually, continually built up in him, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, becoming increasingly and more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you were taught and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. See to it that no one carries you off or spoil or makes you yourselves captive by his so-called philosophy and intellectualism and vain deceit, idle fancies and plain nonsense following human tradition, man's ideas of the material rather than the spiritual world, just crude notions following the rudiments of elementary teachings, the universe, and disregarding the teachings of Christ the Messiah. For in him the whole fullness of of deity, the Godhead continues to dwell bodily, form giving complete expression of the divine nature. And you are in him, made full, verse 10, and having come to fullness of life in Christ, you are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual statue. And he is the head of all rule and authority for every angelic principality and power. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. This is so powerful when you read it. Thank you, Jesus. I am so grateful to you. So grateful to you. I'm going to read it out of the, out of the King James. For in him, verse 9, dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. And of course, we know verse 10. I just read verse 10 to you. So you want 2, 7, 9, and 10. In Christ, we are significant. In Christ, you are significant. You ever thought about that? So let's go ahead and did we do Ephesians 3, 2? No, no, I did the other one first. Um, in whom? Ephesians 12, 7. We need to grab hold of this and walk in it. Huh? Great. 
It's 1-7. We already did that. Did I do Colossians 1-14? Okay, so we're moving on. That's good. Um, Jesus has made more in mind for us than just existing. The Christian walk is just not existing. What? That'd be boring. You know, Jesus Christ is the most exciting. The walk of, of Christianity is the most exciting way to live that there is. There's no other way to live. Nothing. Nothing else. Nothing. Um, so in Christ, we're significant. We see in John 10, 10, Jesus said, I came to give life and life more abundantly, that Jesus has more in mind for us than just existing. We must stay positive. We have to make a decision of whom we will listen to. We have to make a decision of whom we will listen to and what we will listen to. Jesus said, watch what you hear. Watch what you hear. You know, it's almost come to the place where you need to check out people who you're watching and what their lifestyle is. I'm, 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 I didn't, the Lord just told me that, okay, so you guys can take it, leave it, whatever. What their lifestyle is, whether they're doing a cooking show or whatever, you are sitting down and yielding yourself over to a person, okay? Listen to me, because there could be a subliminal message there that this person wants to get out of you. I'm not saying don't, you know what I mean, but... A person's lifestyle, sooner or later, something's going to come out. So we need, to, we need to be very careful of what we submit ourselves and yield ourselves over to. Thank you, Jesus, for that. I will check into all that. Believe the lies of the devil and fall into his control and yield to his temptations and evil design for your life. That's what Jesus said, John 10, 10, the, key, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I came to give life and life more abundantly. There's a great difference in the two, huge difference. In Jeremiah 29, 11, we should all know this. For I know the thoughts that I have for you says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. To give you hope in your final outcome. That's so powerful. And the King James says, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Thoughts of peace. So if you don't have peace, then it's not from God. There's something wrong. And he goes on to say, Then you will call upon me, and you will come and pray to me, and I will hear and heed you. Then you will seek me, inquire for, and require me as a vital necessity, and find me when you search for me with all your heart. That's a promise. 
That is such a promise. God has plans for your life, success and blessings with unlimited glorious possibilities to enjoy. These only come with a decision to choose to follow his program for our life. To go with the flow of the world is to live with limitations and hellish standard living conditions the enemy leads you into. When we choose to go the world's way, we live with, hell, with limita limitations and hellish standards, living conditions the enemy leads you into. Guilt, dismay, fear, those things aren't from God. If you're in a relationship and that's happening, get out and run. Samson didn't run from Delilah. He should have. <laughs> you must you must renew your mind. We must renew our minds. Be transformed by the word of God to overcome every obstacle that the enemy throws your way. Every, he, we have been redeemed and set up inside of us. I want to say, you know, everything's been placed in us when we get born again to operate in the fullness of God. And that comes by learning the word and doing it and also renewing our mind to the word of God. And so we see that as we renew our mind, we're transformed by the word of God to overcome every obstacle the enemy throws your way. In Romans 12, 2, let's turn there. You know, the enemy gets people in a trap where he tells them it's too late, you can't get out of it. It's never too late as long as you're still breathing. And if you go on my website, you'll see that I've posted a picture of a man that was risen from the dead. This man did not know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. He called his boss on his way to work and he said, I don't know what's wrong with me. And his boss said, drive to the hospital now. The man got inside the hospital and passed out on the ground and died. They took him into the ER. They called the, um, the cardio uh, a cardiologist in. They worked on the man. He died. I shared this in early class. He was completely dead. The doctor signed the paperwork. It takes a while to sit in there and sign paperwork and do everything you have to do. He signed the paperwork and he left the room. He got out of the room and, and the Lord told him, go back and pray for the man. He said, go pray for the man, he's dead. God said, go pray for the man. So he said, I just went in and the nurse looked at me and, the, and, and those that were in there and, and why are you in here? And he said, and he just, he, I don't even think he said anything. He went over and started to pray for the man. He looked at the um, anesthesiologist and he told him to get, I can't think of what those things are that they put on your heart and told him, do it. The man didn't want to do it, but out of respect for the cardiologist, he did it. They hit him, and, and slowly things started coming back to life. It reminded me of the 
video that we saw Ron Hart Bonnke, the pastor that was so cruel to his wife, had so much anger that he, that he got in a car accident and died and went to hell. This pastor went to hell. He met another pastor down there and this pastor said, he, he asked him, why are you there? Well, I, cheat, I, I didn't handle the money, the church money right. That'd scare the hell out of you. Excuse me, I mean, it's the truth, but <laughs> here's this guy in heaven and in hell because he'd been cruel to his wife and he stayed in strife. And so God told him, you'd be here, but I'm getting you out of here because I have a plan for you to go tell people. So she brought him to Reinhardt's meetings and they wouldn't let him go in. He'd been dead, I believe, for four days. He stank. It was in Africa. Think of it. They bring him in there and they pray, they start down, they put him down in the kitchen on a table and they just start praying over him and, and his one by little things started moving. His life came back in that body. Kind of reminds me of a backslider when they come back. This is God, this is not in my notes, so you just hear it. It reminds me of a backslider when they come back to the Lord. Little things start to move and start to come back to them. But they have to renew their mind. And I know God has placed me recently for the last, oh, for months, when I'm counseling people, when I get a phone call from someone not even at this church, and they start talking about things that don't line up with the Word of God, I interrupt them. God's told me, don't let him even go there. Stop it now. Well, that's bold when you think about it. But unless I do, and if I allowed them to continue talking that, they'll never get out of it. And I've seen people just getting free like this. So this man, after... He told the doctor, he said, the doctor said, where, where did you go? What did you see? And he said, I was in a very dark place. It was very dark there. He didn't know the Lord. He went to hell. Thank God we don't have to. We don't have to go into dark places here on this earth, and we don't have to go into dark places later because Jesus paid the price. Amen. He said, it is not God's desire that any one of his children fall into error or sin or whatever and end up being in guilt and condemnation and in dark places. It's desire that we walk upright in right standing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and know who we are and operate and move. The Bible says we are to live and move and have our being in Jesus Christ. That's so power when you, powerful when you think about, in him I live, in him I move, in him I have my being. Amen. Glory to God. That's, that's, that's living. That's abundant life. Amen. That's living the abundance that Jesus prepared for us to live. Amen. It's like the woman that was at the well. She, was, she couldn't go to the well early in the morning because of her lifestyle. And so all the disciples went to town to buy food or whatever, and here she was at the well, and Jesus was at the well with her. 
and she said, I'm here to get water, and she was surprised that he was there because they didn't associate with those that weren't Jews, and, and she's talking about the water, and he says, if you, thir if you drink of me, you will never thirst again. If you drink of me, you will never, ever thirst again. But we have to keep drinking. And this is what we drink of right here. And we will never thirst again. But when we stop drinking, when we stop being in the word that brings life, then we begin to become thirsty. And the enemy has other things out there to hunger and thirst after. And I am tired of seeing him destroying lives. Staying up night after night after night. Praying. I was in the restroom the other night right before singles. And the Lord talks to me in there a lot. I don't know why. But whatever. I guess I'm not, I can't do anything else. But, you know, take a shower or whatever. But um, he said... And this was this this sounded word became weird because pastor told me no, I can't remember the the Lord said I have given people the privilege to either follow me or not and pastor said you no what was the word you said? He said in other uh, the will I've given them a will not and that's not what God said and I because I questioned him on it what. He said, I've given them the privilege to follow me or not. In other words, they are not puppets. It's up to them if they will follow me or they will follow something else. And he's told me, there are many that are going to die because they've made wrong choices in this hour. And it's about ready to take church place, church. It is about, I'm saying this as seriously as I can, and you people know that I don't just say things. It's about ready to take place. Don't be shocked if someone dies. Just don't even let it bother you and don't ask any questions. People that you might know at work or friends, or what, don't, don't even, because times are coming to an end. And I remember Brother Hagen teaching on that God will turn people over to the destruction of their flesh so their soul will be saved, so they'll make it to heaven. This is serious, I'm telling you, and I'm not and God's not kidding this morning. I have spent hours in prayer crying out to God. And he said, get, get your hands off it now. Let's get it off. It's me and them. It's me and them. Unless I tell you to pray. I'm like, okay. And any of you know me that know that that's not me. Yes, we have a privilege to serve him or not. Am I saying this or are we saying this, God and I, for fear? No, we're not. It's because he loves you. It's because he loves me. There used to be a song we sang, Oh, how he loves you and me. I don't know how many remember that. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. What more could he give? There was no more to give. Everything, God gave his best. Jesus gave his best. He gave his all. Amen. 
So we don't let, we don't let the devil dictate to us. T Romans 12, 2 becomes our responsibility. I wanted to finish this today. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg you in the view of all the mercies of God to make a de decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves, not for someone else, but for yourselves, so you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in the sight for you. Praise you, Jesus. This is, becomes our responsibility, my responsibility. No one else can do it for me. Pastor can't do it for me. I can't do it for him. You can't do it for me. I can't do it for you. Most people in the Bible were not qualified when God called them. They didn't have the right credentials, but God takes the foolish things to conform the wise. In 1 Corinthians 1.27, he takes the foolish things to confound the wise. Don't let the devil dictate your destiny. I hope those of you are out there, you're not sitting there bored and how dare she bring this up. Talk to God. I couldn't come up with this stuff if I tried to, I will tell you right now. Don't let, him, don't let the devil dictate your destiny. Don't allow him to control your self-image and thoughts of the past. Quit looking at the past. Everything you need of it, everything you need of is good and is before Oh boy, I don't know how much you were trying to say here. But everything you need is good and before you. You must see yourself as God sees you and you will become what he said about you. Hallelujah. Develop a peace of mind. You know, a peace of mind is something you develop. It's not just something that, that, that you get. It's something that you develop. So let's turn to Psalms 119.9. Your pastor's over there going, thank God, she's up there. How shall a young man cleanse his way? Young man or woman cleanse their way by taking heed and keeping watch for himself according to your word, conforming his life to it. How shall a young man? Verse 9 in the King James. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word according to thy word so you develop a peace of mind no matter where you are what's going on no matter how negative it looks it's tied to it is trying to wait a minute no no matter how negative it looks we need to develop 
piece in your mind. Number one, you must tell your mind to shut up and be quiet. Tell you, I'm going to tell you, when I got saved, my mind did not get saved. And it was hell. The thoughts, constant, constant, constant. I, was, I bet you I rebuked the devil a thousand times a day. Finally, pastor looked at me and he said, have you ever thought of rebuking yourself? And so I, I called out. I reached to people. I actually went in a Bible bookstore one day and said, how do you get rid of this? And thank God someone gave me 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Casting down imaginations and reasonings and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Every thought. So, every thought. Then I had Fred Price's tape on the mind of the arena of faith. Bless your heart, dear. That tape went, I think I almost, I think I wore two of them out. If I'm not mistaken. But I could preach that tape. But I was desperate. Here I'm born again and these thoughts are going through my mind. It was like a... I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't even explain it. But thank God, God. God always makes a way of escape. Always makes a way of escape. No matter where you are, what's going on, you can have the peace of mind. You must tell your mind to shut up and be quiet, then become consumed, consumed, consumed with the, with the word of God and determine to whether going backwards or giving up is a viable option for you. I'll tell you, it's not an option for me. It's not an option. I made up my mind years ago. There is not one thing, not even him, that means more to me than Jesus. Nothing. Nothing. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we wish to serve the Lord. How do we live between amen and here it is? You know, there's the amen and here it is. Learn instruction. Gain knowledge. Hosea 4, 6. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. Do you know what God has promised? If you don't know, how can you expect the fulfillment of it? If you don't know how, can you expect the fulfillment of it? Being a joint heir and not taking advantage of it is, it is falling into the hands of the devil and allowing him to select what he wants for you. I'm going to say this again. I don't want what the devil has for me or wants for me. Because my Bible says that what the devil has and wants for me is to kill, steal, and to, to destroy me. To take me away from Jesus. Not bring me to him. 
and he will use anything or anybody that he can. Anything or anybody, per person, place, or thing. Being a joint heir and not taking advantage of it is falling into the hands of the devil and allowing him to select what he wants for you. You know, one thing I know after almost 40 years of counseling, I can tell you that he just doesn't jump out one day and say, dun, 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 dun. he waits. He waits. He waits till a person becomes offended. The Bible talks about the root of bitterness, how it will defile many. He waits for someone to become angry. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. He waits until he sees that a person is in a prime position. And then he tromps across with something that they've already, already fallen into. Because he knows, I got him once on that, I'm going to try to get him again. If you've been divorced, he's going to try to get you to be divorced again. If your marriage was bad, he'll wait until he can see a place where, where you've, you've quit, you've quit allowing yourself to become close and brings division there. He'll use anything he can to ruin a marriage. Your kids, the way your, your husband or wife rolls the toothpaste. I mean, I'm not kidding you. If you find yourself murmuring under your, your lips about something going on in your house, then you have a problem. Amen? Sit down together and talk about it. Everything I've ever been tempted with, I've already done before. Everything. So I tell people to get a divorce. Be very careful who you marry. Or if you're to marry. So are you willing to, especially you women, are you willing to yield yourself? You are to adapt yourself. That's a heavy thing. I'll go on. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Get, get out of this as quick as I can. Um, thanks a lot. Do you know what God has promised? If you don't, how can you expect the fulfillment of it? Hungry people get their daily portion of the word daily. Write this down. Hungry people get their daily portion of the word daily. Did you read your Bible today? No, I'm too tired. Did you read your Bible yesterday? You know, when you get out of the habit, it's easy. And who do you think is sitting there watching? Hmm. Those old familiar spirits that were part of your family and part of you. Oh, wait. 
They'll wait. I see they're not reading their Bible. I see they're not praying. I see that something else has taken the time that they used to give to, to the Lord. And when he jumps on you, many people have become so blinded and deceived they don't even know it. They don't recognize it. Many people have become offended because a certain minister that they loved got goofy. Don't ever look to a man. Don't, you know, I'm so grateful that in the very beginning God said, this is it, not a man. This is it, because man can fall. is a hard day I'm telling you but it's, it, it is the best sermon probably that we're going to have or we've had because it will set us free because it's going to bring us to a place right here where we're going to say all of us not just, just, just you all of us what's there that isn't lining up with you I taught ang on anger a few weeks ago I had a whole sermon, and God, we get into bed, and God says, I want you to teach on anger. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I was tired that night, and I would have fallen asleep. I said, "This wait, he's going to sleep, and I'm going to be up hours studying on anger because somebody in the congregation needs it, and then come to find out many needed it later. I didn't know about it, but God did. This message today, I can say this by the Spirit of God, this is for this whole congregation. Take it and do what you have to with it. Immediately. Immediately. Hungry people get their daily portion of the Word of God. Proverbs 29, 8. If you have to go, go. It's not going to offend me. It might offend God, but you're not going to offend me. I refuse to be offended. Proverbs 29, 18, I'm sorry. Where there is no vision, no redemption, revelation, redemptive revelation, the people perish, but he who keeps the law of God which includes that of man, blessed, includes, I have this so underlined and everything, yellowed out. Where, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish, but he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. Hallelujah. In the King James, because I don't have that one all written in, Underline, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law or the word, happy is he. And people say, well, you know, it's the pastor needs to get the vision. Yes, the pastor does for the church, but you have to get the vision for your life. What is the vision for your life? Thanks, Lord. We'll go here now. Um, the vision for your life, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is. He's going to tell us. 
The vision for your life is everyone has a life that God has already spoken into existence. Walk in it. Walk in it. If it lines up with God, then it's from God. But if it does not, then it isn't. It's that simple. So write it down daily. God, what do you have today? What do you have for, what's on my schedule today? Hmm. Does it line up with your word? Maybe I need to check some things off. Going to take me away from you? Then I don't want it. Vision. Webster Dictionary. Vision, a mental image of a future outcome. Reading the word brings this. Philippians 4.19. You know, I've noticed lately that I've had to say no to a lot of things that I would like to do. And my God will liberally supply, fill you to the full, your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. This is what the word brings. This is what vision will bring you. Like I was talking to, to a teacher recently, and, I, and their biggest discourage was that the children, the youth of today, have no vision or no goal at all. They do not see themselves doing anything. That's sad. That grieves me. I remember when I went in the youth probably three years ago and sat down. We had a whole different group of youth in there, and I asked them, what do you, what do, what do you have for yourselves? What are, you, what, are you, what are you planning on? They were in high school. What are you planning on doing? Getting married and having children? Two of them had plans. They knew exactly what God wanted them to do. They had it written down. They knew exactly what they had to do to get there. Think of this. That's what we need to do. You just don't throw a deck of cards up in the air and what they used to call that 52 pickup. My brothers used to do that to me all the time. You want to play this game? <laughs> you think more than once I would have gotten smart. But, and then they'd throw the cards all over. That's not how God is. He has a plan. We need to find out what that plan is and follow it. But the devil has a plan too. And his plan might sound good. Might sound good. But is, is it drawing you to God? Or is it pulling you away from him? So I have to ask myself this all the time. Not so much anymore because... As vision, is be, as vision is behind every manifestation of a promise from God, if there is a manifestation of a promise, then there was a promise first. Let's say it again. As vision is behind every manifestation of a promise from God, if there is a manifestation of a promise, then there was a promise first. Matthew 4, 30 and 32, and I believe this will be the last scripture. I pray this will be the last scripture. Matthew 4, 30. Are you getting anything out of this? One person? 
You'll get it tomorrow. Well, that's what you got here. <laughs> okay. Mark 4.30, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mark, I'm tired. I've been sitting here teaching for hours, it seems like. <laughs> Do you know that one hour of preaching is like eight hours of hard labor? How many knew that? Did anybody know that? So I've worked two days this morning. <laughs> okay, hard labor. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I have to at least sit here and want to laugh. And he said, I'm thinking about my girlfriend that went to heaven. Streets of gold. <laughs> 4.30. What did I say? Matthew 4.30 through 32. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use to illustrate and explain it? That's interesting. And Jesus... <laughs> and he said, It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown upon the, God, uh, upon the ground, it is the smallest of all seeds upon the earth. Yet after it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all garden herbs and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air are able to make nests and dwell in its shade. When you go through the store next time, look at all the French's mustard. <laughs> Little dinky, dinky seed. When you capture a vision as a result of searching the scriptures and gaining knowledge of the promises of God, then the vision drops into our heart just like the seed drops into the soul. And when that seed has been protected, you, know, you, have, to, you have to protect that seed, that word, and nourished, it grows up and becomes what it was intended to be. Vision gives you something to aim for. Vision provides the most motivation you need for taking action. The Word provides the motivation you need for taking action. I'm going to read this whole thing again. And then we're going to leave in Jesus' name. When you capture a vision, wake up if you're asleep. I can bring my big squirt gun in here now. When you capture a vision as a result of searching the scriptures and gain knowledge of the promises of God, then that vision drops into our heart just like the seed drops into the soil, into the soul. And when that seed has been protected and nourished, it grows up and becomes what it was intended to be. Vision gives you something to aim for. Vision 
provides the most motivation you need for taking action. I'm going to pray. <laughs> I'm going to zip my Bible shut. Oh, I'm going to read something from the early class that I told them all to write down, and you might want to. It is the Spirit that uses the Word to build the life of Christ into you. It is the Spirit that uses the Word to build the life of Christ into us. Say it one more time. It's the Spirit that uses the Word to build the life of Christ into us. So we need the Holy Ghost and the Word. Building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. If you read the book of Jude, you can almost say, wow, that's the day we're living in. Father, I know this word <laughs> this morning. Taught, rebuked. <laughs> I know it was I know it was meant to protect and save every one of us from the goals that Satan has for us. We want your goals. We want your desires. We want your plan. We don't want anything that devil has to throw out. Help us, every one of us, whether it's jealousy, anger, rage, rebellion, whatever. Smoking, drinking, I don't care, whatever it is. God, every one of us, show us the way of escape and that comes through your word. I think about Jesus fasting for 40 days and the, day, and the devil coming to tempt him. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way that man would be tempted in and never yielded. You led the way for us. You paved the path so we could walk in it. You made sure that everything we needed for the abundant life on this earth and walking in you was already purchased in the covenant through your blood.
help every one of us to lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us and run to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the cross that was set before him endured the shame. That cross, when he, when he did this, he saw every one of us Help us, Lord, to complete what you've given us. Remove obstacles, Lord. Go into the inner most of our being. Search us, God, and know our ways. I'll be the first in line. Search me, God, and know my ways. If there be any wickedness in me, God, get it out. And I ask you, Father God, to bring blessings to this people of yours, these children of yours. That they complete the course that is set before them. Let them know that Pastor and I love them and that we're here to do anything for them that we can. But more than that, God, that you are a loving Father who never changes. And we can go to you in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, Reveal to us and show us everything we need to know for this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.